Welcome to another episode of Press Play and Run with me, your host, Ryan Miller. As we edge towards the end of season two, it's as busy as ever. There's been a lot going on. I'm going to fill you in as briefly as I possibly can on what's been going on with my own running and preparations for some community events. And then I'm going to take you right into my conversation with Newton Road Runners Club President Joanne Thorburn. I think a combination of the change of seasons and is really heading into autumn and earnest now with the rain starting and it getting a bit cooler alongside the fact that I'm training for the Davaway 50k Ultra has seen me over the last week or two just starting to get my head down again in my running and chipping away at the runs and sort of knocking them off in the plan and I'm really enjoying the structure again of being right back into the, the sort of bones of a plan. I've managed to hit all my sessions over the last two weeks and I had a long run on Saturday, a 16 miler, so really starting to get those distances back up as well. That was made a bit easier by joining uh, my friend Alison Jardin, Scottish Marathon Girl, former guest, uh, part of her long run. She was doing a 22 miler as she prepares for the Yorkshire Marathon and we also managed a park run sandwich. So we had a park run at Strathclyde Park which was number 99 for me. So I'm really excited about that and I think the stars have aligned and Brody's football's off this weekend which is going to allow me to get my 100th park run at Strathclyde Park this weekend. So I'm really, really looking forward to that. That was actually one of my big goals for 2023 which would have seen me do a record number of park runs in a year and we're sort of there already. So delighted with that and and can't wait to do that and hopefully see plenty of those familiar faces that I've got to know better over the course of this year at Parkrun. I also managed to make it down to Junior Parkrun at Drumpelier Park on Sunday so grateful as always to the volunteer and the core team down there. That's really starting to grow in numbers. I've seen 60, 70 kids now every weekend out there running their hearts out and it's getting super fast as well with the PB bell ringing in this house as well with Brody knocking 10 seconds off his Junior Parkrun time. So as you can imagine he was absolutely made up I've not really managed to teach him any class and been magnanimous in victory yet he was sort of strutting around like cock of the north for the rest of the day and I I know he was just ripping to sort of rub it into Joshua who also had a fantastic run and beat Brody but didn't pee beyond the day Something that has fallen by the wayside this week has been my training for high rocks and I didn't manage to get any strength and conditioning in this week so that's something I need to really be on guard for. Between a busy week at work and prioritising the runs on my plan I I didn't make that session so it's a habit I definitely don't want to slip into and from experience I know that it's usually the first thing to go when I feel a bit time squeezed. Something that has been taking my time up though is making final preparations for the run retreat which is coming up on October the 8th where we've got 30 members of the Press Play and Run community going to Beach Bray for a strength and conditioning session. For runners, we're going for a group run. There's some cold dipping, there's some brilliant prizes and brilliant support from a lot of big brands and Lululemon. I had a meeting with Jenny, the store manager at Lululemon Glasgow, and I'm so grateful for the support of not only Jenny but our wider team and helping me fine-tune these arrangements and actually providing a bit of manpower on the day as well to make sure the event runs smoothly and to allow me to draw on their experience of hosting fantastic events like this. We also had a really good discussion about potentially looking at something new for Lululemon in Glasgow and in terms of a run with the Wednesday Run Club coming to an end. It's definitely not something I'm going to do in terms of like putting on a weekly run. I think there's a lot on offer in Glasgow currently for social running, particularly around that 5 to 10k range. My thoughts at the moment are more along the lines of like a, a long run opportunity, maybe the first or last Sunday of each month, something along these lines. 
because I think there are fewer chances to be engaged in organised long runs or long runs in company unless you're part of a, a, an actual run club. I don't see as many chances for that. I don't see as many groups set up to achieve that. So as I said, I'm in the early stages of thinking about this. I'm going to put some stuff out on social media just to gather some thoughts about likely levels of interest. But it wouldn't take too much for me to sort of organise that, put that out there, begin the run at Lululemon and devise sort of routes that would allow people to opt in for, let's say, 10 miles, 15 miles, 20 miles as a spring marathon training um, sort of kicks off in earnest in the new year. So the routes would definitely need to be something I think that would allow for people to opt in and opt out at different points. So we would maybe pass the storm more than once. We would maybe pass a central point more than once so that you could do potentially half of the distance or the full distance. So that, that that's sort of where my head's at with it right now. Nothing's fleshed out, but I had a really good conversation with Jenny and we really want to make something happen um, where... Lululemon's sinking right into that run community in Glasgow with something starting and potentially finishing at the store as well. The other big thing that's happened is that I've got my charity raffle live. So I put that up through the week and ticket sales have already started going well. So many great prizes on offer. If you've not seen the raffle, you can see it at the Press Plane Run podcast page on Instagram or in the Press Playing Run Club on Facebook. You'll find all the details there of all the fantastic prizes and there are more being added all the time. So a big thank you to GSI Events who have gifted a free entry to the Edinburgh Marathon Festival for whichever distance the winner would prefer to run. And we've also added a sports massage there. As I said, I've got a number of brands who are still coming through at the moment, but there's a whole host of prizes on offer. Tickets are £5 per entry and I'm looking to make the draw the week after the run retreat. So I'm going to leave it open for a few weeks and I've got my fingers crossed that that helps to take me to my sort of minimum target for Place to Be charity for London Marathon, which will allow me to get my head down and concentrate on the running when that plan time comes and everything else from that point on is a bonus. I've been absolutely overwhelmed by not only the personal support that I've had through Instagram and through Facebook and the running community, but also through that brand support. A number of partnerships that we will definitely keep going through the podcast to offer listeners and members of the Press Play and Run Club member benefits because these brands want to work with us. They're delighted with the level of engagement that they're seeing in and around the podcast and the raffle. And you're going to hear a bit more about that potentially maybe some sponsored episodes coming up because I want to reciprocate that support that I've had for brands and I want to get out there basically the brands that are helping to support everyday runners in the community. They don't have to do it. Of course, they stand to gain something from it, but there are people out there with much bigger profiles than this one. So I am eternally grateful for it and really looking to give a wee bit back on that front. As usual, I'm going to keep this bit short and snappy because I really want to get to my chat with Joanne. The Newton Roadrunners 10K is something that you're going to hear about during this episode. And you might have seen on Instagram that we're doing a giveaway for that race as well. So that's going to be drawn to coincide with this episode launching. And the winner will be announced on Friday the 22nd of September. Thanks again to everybody that entered that and it's really helped to spread the word of the cat race. And you're going to hear just why that's so important to the club. So without further ado, I'm going to take you over to my conversation with Joanne. I'm going to thank you for listening to this little bit of preamble as always. And urge you, as usual, to get your trainers on, get out there, press play and run. In this episode, I'm joined by somebody I've become accustomed to chasing around the streets of Newton and Cambus Lang. As president of Newton Roadrunners, she keeps the ship on course and manages to keep her own running and training at a consistently high level, even if you won't find her shouting from the rooftops about it. I'm delighted today to welcome to Press Play and Run, Joanne Thorburn. Welcome, Joanne. How are you? 
I'm good, thanks, Ryan. How are you? Joanne, you're obviously somebody I've got to know much better over the last eight months, nine months since I joined Newton. It feels like much longer than that, but uh, we wanted to, we've been planning this episode in the background for quite a while, but we wanted to tie it in with the upcoming Newton Roadrunners 10K race, which we're going to get to later. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for being patient and waiting as well. No, thanks for having me. You are well known in our local running community. I've seen that at park runs when I've been with you and things. A lot of people will know you there, but I'm not sure how much wider than that because I know I usually what I do is go into people's Insta and have a wee creep to look at their running and I go into yours and you don't see much of what you're running. You don't share that much. And I think I probably know some of the reasons why, but I'm going to leave that to you to, to tell me a wee bit more about. So I'm interested because I probably don't know as much about your backstory as I know about your current running, which I know more of and will share. So I just want to start as we always do. If you can walk me through the sort of beginnings of your running journey. So I've been running now for roughly about 11 years because after I had my second child, I put on a major ton of weight. I was going to kind of Zumba classes, Meta Fit, and I did, I did enjoy it. However, it was trying to squeeze in round about kids full time. It was quite a, a tricky task. I decided to um, go out running. And it's not that I was an absolute novice to running. I was a runner at school, um, very competitive, did cross country, did all the county sports, and the members all those many years ago, given away my age. I was always quite a distance runner, which wasn't common at kind of school age. Everybody really wants 100 metre sprints, but I was 800 metres straight away. Anything that had a bit of stamina. I came from a martial arts background. That's what I always did when I was young, trained a lot of martial arts. I think that's something that gave me that stamina. I had done it at school and I didn't have the same, I don't know, same chances maybe as a, as a, a child. Just mum and dad didn't drive. I didn't really have the opportunity to join like, as an athletics club. Didn't really have the money either, so um, I did do martial arts because my brother did it and it, it was two for the price mm -hmm. of one, so that's what worked. I did always love running. Then through time, as you get, you know, become an adult and you're working full time and I'd go to the odd fitness class, but really fell away, you know, from running and then obviously picked it back up after having the kids and loved it. Uh, my husband was into running as well, so we'd go, you know, if we could run in together, he was going to be doing his first marathon as well which totally inspired me to even up the distance up to half marathon and was so, that like 11 years um, ago like is that when you're talking when he so he was getting ready yeah, for marathons and you still weren't running uh -huh. he was no he was probably did his first marathon his marathon about nine or ten years ago kind of just ran a wee bit like kind of 5k maybe up to 10k um and it was once he started following a, a training plan and being a bit a lot more stricter about his running that's what kind of got me a bit more kind of competitive in myself and signed up for the women's 10k and I'm like anything under an hour so actually I think it was like 52 minutes or something so there was already that kind of pace was there and then I was like well I'm going to do the half now yeah. that I've did that so that's where it kind of kind of came from so and then I just loved running myself my music on it was me time away from the kids obviously I had two kids that were it was only two years apart so it was quite intense as they were no, two yeah. and four, three and five, that kind of age. So it was the one thing that, that I loved. So you've got a bit of that headspace thing, which I think a, a lot of us can identify with if you've had kids, especially close together in age. Just getting out of the house for an hour sometimes is like all the, all the motivation you need. It sounds like there was a wee bit of a competitive drive probably in you from what you did when you were young, maybe through the martial arts, through the running. Not to say pace, 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 
But I have seen that with your running. There is a, like when you go to run, especially in competitions, you want to run, you want to run well, you want to represent yourself well. Has that thread always been there from competing? Yeah, definitely. Always with this kind of competitive nature. I don't try and kind of um, undersell myself and over-deliver, I would always say, because I'll, every race I turn up, I'll say, I'm, I'm not going to go for it today, but I've heard you on a Tuesday night, <laughs> never mind that race. I you know, I think that's something that a lot of us do. I think the, the, that's self-preservation as well, though, isn't it? It's like, I'm not really going for it today, i.e. I hope I have a good run. I just don't want to actually nail my colours to the mass and say, sub whatever. I know, the difference is people can tell because they'll know where your footwear, uh, whether you're going for yeah. it or not. So they'll look and say, you're not going for it, but why are you wearing those trainers? I'm not going for it in my vapour flies <laughs> today. <laughs> um, aye, but there's there's a nice I think in our, in the club in Newton Road Runners where I'm a member and your club president there's a there's a sort of healthy mixture of that competition at the right times, but then we've got people there every week that are just not driven by that whatsoever, and they're driven by different aspects of it. Has that helped you develop like an easier pace when you're meant to, rather than battering yourself all the time? Absolutely, particularly when I'm following a training plan. There's people I can pick out in the club at who I would want to go for certain sessions to run with. Um, one, I'm terrible for, you know, taking it easy, the, the slower runs. As much as I think I'm going to go out and do that, you naturally fall into this kind of pace, but there's people I'm happy, you know, go and enjoy yeah. it and run with them, catch up with them. So, and then another way, when I'm wanting, you know, I push myself in a tempo run, I've got plenty to yeah. choose from to go out and run with then as yeah. well. So definitely that is the beauty of the club where we do have such a, you know, wide range of paces. And some people will never particularly want to push themselves or race, or but they do it for different reasons and it's really good to have that there. So I'm interested to know about the leap from that part of your beginning again running and then Newton Road Runners coming into play. We always kind of gauge it as my youngest born 2011 and I joined get, get into running in 2012. Again, maybe twice a week I would run, three times a week. And then Newton Road Runners started, but it wasn't Newton Road Runners, it was called it was just a running club, but it was it was UK yeah, run chat, right. um, actually. And my next door neighbour, Amanda, had joined with another mummy friend. She'd met Jacqueline, who's actually one of the coaches. Um, so they had joined, and then she'd say to me, because she knew I already ran, she says, oh, we've joined this running club. And I'm going, oh, no, I don't run with people. I just quite like my music and just me time. No. Anyway, she can encourage me, and I thought, right, I'll go. And Jacqueline will laugh at this story, because she's like, Oh, Amanda's bringing her neighbour. Um, she's going to no one to hang about with me. And then all of a sudden I went because I already yeah. ran. I ended up running yeah. a lot, you know, kind of faster than them. So I think Jacqueline was like, oh, that's absolutely fine then. Joanne, Joanne's ah, welcome. She can do a thing. <laughs> I wasn't stealing her pal um, away from her. So yeah, I did go. I was a bit kind of daunting thought, is what everybody says about going to a running club. Because even as much as I ran, you still have no clue, you know, what pace and... It was March, it was it was dark. I remember and there was all these new faces, but everybody was in the same boat because it was a yeah. brand new club. So it wasn't like you're you know, going to join something that's already well established. Everybody was just kind of getting mm -hmm. to know each other and then absolutely loved it. I like that because we've had Jenna on. So Jenna, who started the club, was one of the very first episodes of this podcast. I think it might have been episode two or three. And so we've already had one perspective of the beginning of Newton Roadrunners, but you've got a very, you'll have a different perspective. Naturally, Jenna was already very well connected in the run community, even though that's a new thing. But you're getting the experience that most of our members will have, which is rocking up for your first night. Now, albeit, I think, different because, as you said, everybody's new. So that's daunting in itself. I'd, I would argue it's even more daunting to turn up now 
when I think people's fear is that, oh no, everybody knows each other. They're all pals. Because you don't have the understanding that people dip in, dip out. There's new people all the time. But does Absolutely. that perspective help you as club president now to think about the culture of what we do as a club? Totally. And I, I learned loads from Jenna because that's the one thing I would say is that kind of joining Jenna's, you know, infectious personality made you feel really welcome, you know, as though everybody can do this. There wasn't that elitist feeling or anything. Jenna, just a big bubbly personality, um, made you feel so welcome and whatever you did was brilliant. And I think the way Jenna, you know, started the club and the way she welcomed people, it, it became really quickly a big group of friends as well. So that's something that we've continued for Newton Roadrunners. And, you know, I learned, obviously, you know, just the way Jenna kind of conducted herself as president um, and making people feel so welcome that I've just continued yeah. that. That legacy. We'll, we'll come on to sort of when you picked the mantle up there because I don't want to skirt over your own running to that point. There's a lot will have happened between then. Um, I don't know because I like I'm saying I'm looking through your Insta and there's not much of a backstory there in terms of your running, so it's not easy for me to see. I'm I'm interested in when these bigger set piece events started for you then because you're back and you've got the competitive edge. Racing will have started locally or or not, but. When did it start kicking up from something that was two or three times a week then to training for something, training with a structured plan? And what was the, the sort of key events along the way? What were the set pieces early? Well, it was quite a kind of natural progression. So when I joined the club, I was at kind of half marathon distance. And even that was just like an almighty task that I'd thought. But soon enough, being at the club and being with Jenna, as I say, totally infectious, encouraging you, you can do this, you can do this. She was doing her first marathon the year that the, the club began in 2016. She was in Manchester. Well, the following year, she encouraged me to do Stirling okay. with her. I thought, can I even do a marathon? You know, all that kind of stuff. But before I knew it, I mean, I did get an absolute shock in the first like 19, 20 mile run to Pollock and you know, crying on the way <laughs> back. I can't do this. Everything, it was like for somebody that I think even Jenna was like, you know, you'll, you'll be okay. You'll be okay because you can run fast times and whatever. No, yeah. I get an absolute shock at the difference doing those long runs. So uh, I would say 2017 was where it really began, where it was, you know, marathon each year, half marathons, really going for these PBs. Always put in for London just because everybody yeah. does. You know, it was like one day I'd quite like to do that watching the TV. But actually now, as much as London is fabulous, I just love actually training for a marathon and because I know it it helps every other distance and I think it, I love structure I'm yeah. a very structured person but talking about the social media part and you were saying about Instagram I actually only got Instagram maybe about a year and a half ago maybe yeah. two years ago because and the reason I, I got it was because Newton Roadrunners were going to go on Instagram so I thought for me to try and encourage it yeah. and like things that's why I joined it I'm not a big social media person don't really like talking about no. myself I've said this to you before I'm a very much a face-to-face -face. Yeah person yeah. i love chatting to people um, i know but i'm slowly but surely you know getting into the social media and, and i'm loving all the running things that i'm uh, in tips yeah. and reading other people's stories i'm actually coming around to that idea it can be a great thing it can also be a distraction to your your actual running it depends what i suppose you let it be but you also do the same job that i've done in the past and that's never easy of maintaining a social media presence because just it's just not you're in a public facing job and and all of that stuff as uh -huh. well 
But I'm glad the club do have the social media thing because I don't know if without it I would have ever got there, if that makes sense. Like, I'd seen already Newton Roadrunners visibly on Instagram before I knew anybody involved. And then it was meeting, I think, Jenna, the you guys did the Scarecrow Festival, like, not last yeah. year. But I already knew some faces and I knew one or two runners from park runs as well. But that was all through social media. So I'm not sure without that if I would have even started the conversation. I don't think I would have just rocked up and went, oh, hi, like I'm such and such. Do you know what I mean? So I think I think that I is like it, loathe it or whether we're coming around to it or not, it's going to be the way that a lot of people find what you do. Oh, absolutely. And that things have progressed so much, that social media. And I, I do think more people actually are a bit more comfortable chatting through social media to one another than face-to-face. I'm probably just one of the real old-school uh, people that still just love to yeah. write good chat to the face. But um, no, I'm definitely coming around to it, and it's definitely the way the world, and obviously having teenage kids. And <laughs> yeah, I yeah, absolutely. It's, it'll yeah. it'll <laughs> find you whether you like it or not. Tell me about the first marathon yeah. then, Sterling, 2017. What was the experience like? The experience was absolutely horrendous. Um, good, good. That uh, makes me feel so much better. Um, up to I would say mile nineteen, I'm like, this is this is okay, this is fine. And this old route, a Stirling marathon, you get to mile nineteen, you're hitting the city centre of Stirling, loads of support, brilliant, feeling great. This is this is all right. Anyway, you this time you did three laps to finish, so you went by the finish line three times. Yeah. Um. Oh, with the, after the first time, that's. But this time you're maybe mile 21, dying, walk, jog, all the way to the end. Um, I was well on track for sub four hours, ended up with four hours eight. Up until mile 19, I had a great experience. It was a great route. Went into lovely wee uh, villages. Like, I think it was like Dune and all oh, the support in these wee areas. Went to Stirling Uni. I did really enjoy all that part of the experience, but those last seven miles that just were torturous. torturous. It's, just a, it's just such a culture shock. Yeah. Like that's, I found it at Edinburgh last year. You know the work, I know the work you will have put in because I know how much you value the discipline and the structure and the turning up and getting it done. But there's nothing to prepare you for just those last, I don't know what, the six miles, seven mm-hmm. miles. And especially as you're saying, there's something mental like having to do three loops of the same bit yeah. or in Edinburgh going out and back around that country estate park. It's like no man's land. I felt like I was in there for days and you just like how can this be because I've done all these 20 milers and it, it's meant to be good and uh, but that was my experience I'm so glad it was grim for you that makes me feel better I know and I was a complete novice I didn't have a watch I had no running watch I had no earphones god imagine I just ran I thought I'll get, listen to Jenna's experience you'll, you'll chat to people on the way I don't know everybody I saw had earphones I thought, <laughs> what you talk and I've not got my earphones um so I literally just had to grin and bear it and you know, once I started walking, I'd find other people walking near the end and I would get a chat then, but it was too late. I needed somebody to kind of get me through that. But yeah, I had no idea about pace or anything I was doing. I think I had, it was my, my run was the app that I used back then. I had that in my, my phone in my pocket, but no, no earphones or nothing. I don't Joanne. Even know if I gels. I don't even know if I gels if I did. Um, I certainly probably was Probably eat, eating digestives. <laughs> Just eating digestives on the way around. Uh-huh. No clue. Jo- Joanne, let's be honest, right? At the start of a marathon, MD's up for a chat because you're excited. By mile 20, nobody wants to listen to your push, unfortunately. <laughs> Except maybe the poor people walking beside you at the end going, right, well, I'm stuck with you. We may as well have a wee quick chat. So what happens after 2017 then with your running? Did you get straight back on the marathon horse? Yeah. Or did that leave a bit of scar tissue? 
No, absolutely not. If anything, it just absolutely fired me with determination to really master this marathon distance because there was so much, you know, good things I did take away from it. So much I'd learned when I got a watch so I could pace it properly. I probably started way too fast um, and that's probably part of the reason I died. However, I, I just know that the the benefit from going from one first marathon to second marathon, you will slash minutes off it. So trained definitely so much better. Every other distance get faster. I definitely get fitter and Obviously, this is me years after having the kids now. I'm in a much better routine. So I, I trained for it, signed up for Edinburgh the following year. Um, so 20, 2018 Edinburgh? 2018. took 20 minutes. I went 3.49. I got my, my sub four yeah. hours. Really enjoyed the whole experience. Didn't die. That I would say one of my, my biggest highlights was probably that marathon, just because it wasn't just about the time. It was how I, how I felt and how much yeah. I enjoyed it. And do you know what's funny? I had the fancy watch, I had the earphones, I met a guy and ran on for about 11 miles, 12 miles. Found chatted, somebody to talk to? Chatted, had switched my earphones off, it was brilliant. The guy was just the exact same pace, um, came out that Gosforth house together, continued going then, he met his son who was walking and he stopped about mile 23 to help the son. But otherwise, that, that was a, a big win, meeting someone, um, pacing it probably much better. Um, that was me, loved it, I'm like that. When am I doing my next marathon? <laughs> so so two things there then. One, I take it back, there's always somebody that will listen to your pish apparently, although he did stop to walk at 23. And the second thing is, he's a much better father than I am because I'd be running by giving my son the fingers <laughs> and going, see you later, beat you. <laughs> the competitive band would just be buzzing to beat my boys. So 2017, 2018, two marathons. Have you been practically on a marathon a year cycle since then? Yep, then did Edinburgh again, 2019. I did that one because I encouraged friends in the club to do their first yep. Marathon. I, my friend Annette did her first one. She said she'll never do another one, and she took her words. She was using yeah, she, yeah. um, but she still loves that she's managed to do do that one. So did Edinburgh again in two thousand and nineteen, and then obviously after that it was uh, COVID, COVID yeah. for a couple of years, um, and then wanted London again. Kept putting this ballot. Decided right, I've got it within me to get the good for age because in two thousand and eighteen I got the sub three fifty. However, yeah. I wasn't 40 then, I was only 39. So over the age of 40 for female, it was under 350. So I decided I would go for it after COVID and get that good for age for London. So trained really hard. But this time, there was more people who joined the club that were in, you know, training for marathons. Um, my friend Beth, me and her trained together, she was doing Edinburgh. And uh, Craig Lawton, so very similar pace to me. So absolutely perfect. We all kind of trained together, those big long runs so the long runs didn't seem as such a big monotonous task or yeah. overthinking it because we've actually got a, a nice wee marathon lap area down the Clyde path did it together um so actually the training w- was was much better and then yeah I got the, the the time that I wanted I decided I'd go for 345 to give me a wee bit of kind of runs in case you know I already know those last few miles can can take it out of you so decided to go for 345 and then as the training get better it's similar to you, the A goal, B goal. Yeah. So I decided to go for 340 and I ended up with 341. So, um, and I've got to kind of really thank Peter Alexander because I told him mile 23 going to meet me um, to get me those last couple of miles. And yep. sure enough, he did come and um, meet me. It was mile 24. Um, and I did need somebody for that wee last mile yep. and a half to keep me going. Um, and it was great because the whole load of the club had did the half that year. Yep. And 
they were all there supporting um, near the end, which was brilliant. So it was actually just an amazing day to be part of and getting that time. Are you club president already at this point? Yes, yes. When was that? What year? Uh, three years ago, so 2020. Just, um, 2020. Just at lockdown. So that would have been, yeah, so that would have been your first marathon after that? Yeah, it was. So how has the club membership changed between those early days of, Maybe I'm asking two questions, one in number and size, but also I dare say at the start, when you're starting off a running club like that and it's almost social based, you would have struggled to find big groups to help you with marathon training. When did that transition take place? Has it just been over time or did you get a glut of people who were starting to think about marathons? No, I think actually when the club started, the only person that that was a marathoner was was Jenna. Um, yeah. Because she was training for her first one at Manchester. And then there was another girl, Liz, who joined. She actually did a few marathons. Um, so I think just through time as the club evolved and more and more kind of attracted, you know, people that were already runners. I think the initial part when people joined, it was people just getting into running. But people, there wasn't still, even from that first couple of weeks, there was still a big variation in paces. Like Joanna Wallace was there right at the very yeah. beginning, who already was a was a runner as we, uh, before the club. So there was a real mixture right from day one where it was like people just walk jog to people that were, you know, could run fast, you know, five, ten Ks. So definitely in the next couple of years, more and more marathoners. Yeah. Probably not not that many until I would say this last uh, this year. The amount yeah. we had doing Edinburgh and London and even looking at next year. So but I think it's that culture in the club where if these things well, if they can do it, I can do it. That's what I was just about to ask you. You preempted that. I was going to say there, what's uh, yeah, what causing that? Is that just the, oh, well, wait a minute. I, I've been running with that person and they can. Uh-huh. But, you've, but we've also got people now joining to train for a marathon, like as the, not not their first race, but their first race with us, if you like, is like, uh-huh. is to k- kick on a level. Definitely. And I think we're seeing that encouragement just when you're running with people, you're saying you can do it. You say, oh, I don't think I could train for it. And We'll say, well, what do you think you've been doing? And actually explain if you want, yeah, can I good for each London time? Yeah, you're going to have to, you know, five, six yeah. times a week and, you know, do, but you can do a marathon training three, four times a week if you've, you know, got a structured plan. Um, and obviously, you've just got a pocket of time where you've got those really long runs and it's tiring and, you know, you're eating and you're tired and all that kind of stuff. But it's not as big a task. I think people had this kind of thought perception that. To do a marathon, you've got to be training all these, you know, five, six You need to be elite. Uh Uh-huh, absolutely. And I think just in the club now, you know, you're working full-time, you're a mum, whatever, you can do it. You don't need to be just um, an elite athlete to do them. And regardless of the time, it's an amazing achievement to do that distance. And how much of a challenge then for you as a club president and the coaches is it to maintain that culture of, probably what I think defines Newton in that it's not Jog Scotland. I would say it's a, not not to disparage end that does Jog Scotland. That's a great thing if that's what you want from your running. But neither is it like the Harriers where everybody's out, you know, fixated on time, structured sessions three times a week or whatever. Newton's got a nice niche right in the middle. How, how difficult is it though to keep that structure so that everybody can get from it what they need where you've got this group that are, starting to kick on now looking at marathons mm-hmm. good for age times because that's that's a whole different beast yeah i mean it, i'll be honest at times it can be tricky when you're managing 
routes and distances when you've got quite a diverse group. The one thing I would say is the club sets out, it's got three sessions a week. So I usually make all three and then my marathon training, then you've got to do your long runs or your tempo runs. You need to kind of do that independently. Or the good thing about the club, it's more than just these sessions. You're connecting with people that you can then go on and meet out with club nights to do these other sessions to support you. But on the actual, like Tuesday night, for example, sometimes that can be tricky. Not so much in the summer because it's just more safety when we've got, at times it can be like 60 runners yeah. um, and you've got, you know, people at maybe 12 minute miles and then you've got people that are seven and a half minute miles um, and trying to kind of um, accommodate. Uh-huh. Um, and you want everybody to get what they want out of their, their session. But at the same time, we also want to make sure everybody's safe, everybody's accounted for, get that responsibility. So um, it does take a bit of planning, but we do, we used to have like three different groupings and the club actually, it worked well because of COVID with a group A, B and C. We met at different areas because obviously we were restricted by numbers, but that did work really well at one point, but then people became maybe a bit pigeonholed yeah. um, and didn't want to leave their friends to move up to the next group, which would run maybe a bit faster, a bit further. So we did alter it um, and made it two distances now. We also changed the being able to join Newton Road Run, not being able to join, but basically we just asked that you can already jog a 5K, regardless of the kind of time, um, but we just don't have the time to be able to do walking, like yeah. um, that kind of... We have and and that's, where I, that's where I think I would differentiate it from a jog Scotland, where you yeah. will usually find like a, a group that are building two 5K. That's not... That's probably not the club at the moment. That's not where, because that takes time, resource. It's, if you can jog 5k, you can definitely, no matter your pace, you'll find somebody that'll run with you. And the good thing, the Canvas Lang area, there is the Harrier group, there is a Canvas Lang Jog Scotland and there's us. So there is, depending on the type of runner you you are and, you know, where you're at in your running journey, there's something for everybody in this area. Um, Mm -hmm. And we would welcome, you know, people, you know, if they want to kind of try and, improve in some way or the one thing we're a very sociable group everybody knows is as we we do socialize together after races we do you like mean drunk don't you you mean you're a very drunk group <laughs> uh-huh but you know that's the biggest thing that i love about the running club remember I says well oh, i just like running for my, myself and my, my quiet music time and all that kind of stuff i had no idea that joining a running club could actually bring you about a whole basically a new family my best friends are now my, my running friends my kids are friends with my running friends kids we go on holidays together we socialize like it's just it's amazing that my husband doesn't he's been to the club before but he's also friends with the other running husbands and running wives and stuff like that so it is the, the running widowers yes it is more than a running club i think i've probably said it on here a hundred times it's like if you're looking to join a club that's the kind of culture that's going to appeal to me. There is a club, I think you've hit the nail on the head though. There's something for everybody. There is Jog Scotland. You've got that type club. You've got your Harriers. If you're really, really about performance at the top yeah. level all the time. Yeah, you want to do track races and all that Absolutely. kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. That, that's there for you. But this is a group that can knit together something where you're getting much more than just the running from it. It's the, there's a social aspect to it and that, that is absolutely the unique selling point. But how do you keep your personal running at the forefront of this when being the club president of anything comes with, too strong a word here, but internal politics, right? You're, you're dealing with issues. I've done this through 
like being a football coach for my boys football and stuff it starts off as one thing and before you know it then you've got parents to deal with or you've got other adults or you've got people's feelings to deal with how do you keep your running at the center when you've got those extra things to deal with having the committees the club and being the president i feel quite fortunate i've got a, i've got a really good group of people not a particularly big group we used to before loads of people have opinions and we would kind of act upon them it's quite a small committee group to just try and you know get the club working in terms of routes cross country awards nights there's lot people can always come up with loads of different ideas but now that the club's been going for um seven years there's lots of things that we've tried tasted learned from um so i I've, as i say i learned so much from jenna when she yeah. was president things that you know she'd like that maybe we shouldn't have done that we should have done it like that so again i i'm just letting it tick along and letting it evolve as it naturally does yeah. without having what to change the world because we don't need to because see what we've got it's working just because you can do a thing doesn't mean you should so if you keep it fairly basic but running really well it's obviously it's, it's ticking along nicely now absolutely and as far as for my own running i still feel like i want to be a role model to the members i want to show that yeah you can work in a full-time stressful job you've got kids i know everybody juggles things differently some people find it harder to do everything but i just like to show that well, I can do it, you know. Yep. I also just as I say, actually love running. <laughs> yeah. And, so, and that does the sit at the centre. Uh-huh. And it's not that um every time it's all about comp- competitiveness and you know, for races, it's more it's just part of my actual routine now. So as you know, I can come turn up to park run rather hungover. It doesn't stop me because it's part of my routine. Joanne's a master of hungover running. Absolutely. I, I can run with a hangover. I'm fine. I don't need to lie about it. No, not only do you run with a hangover, I've actually heard you planning runs for a hangover. So, <laughs> like most people run with a regrettable hangover or oh, that night get carried away, whereas you're saying to me, well, I'm going to do a long run. Do you fancy it next Sunday? Because I'll be hungover. So it'll be this many miles. I'm like, that's quite impressive. The fact that you've got the commitment to plan a hangover and still run is wild to me because I can't do it. Yeah, no, definitely. I can't. Um, sometimes the, the best runs have been hangover runs, to be honest. Lies. Absolute fueled, lies. Fueled by Prosecco. Apart from that Kilmarnock 10k, remember the sun uh, and I'd been at a gala day all day the day before. That was not a great choice. If you'd had a shovel that day, you would have dug a hole and just lay down in it. Yeah, that was not my best choice that time. Uh, and you celebrated a big park run milestone just two weeks ago. Yes, I've hit my 100. It was surprisingly because people, I think, we're surprised that it's just 100 but my first one was back in 2016 I think um, yeah. with the club but my kids were really young husband worked on a Saturday so I never got it was very few and far between um, and it's just more recent past couple of years um, I've managed to make it all the time and I love it I love park run That's I love brilliant. the social aspect and it's good now We've kind of come up with the club. We've all got our different preferences. I know a big group of the guys love Drumpelia. I love Strathclyde and Toll Cross, who would be always, you know, my choice. But we all meet at London Road um, Costa now because yeah. that's quite a, a kind of central point, regardless of what one you go to. And so we can then still meet up for a coffee. I actually stole that from Newton through this sort of podcast or you're in the group actually on facebook now i've i stole just the same thing where you stick the poll up on facebook on maybe like the thursday friday where's everybody going because it saves that whole oh everybody has to let's like trying another thing you don't need to organize you just need to say where you're going go where it suits you and but there'll be faces to look out for and it just works so much better than trying to uh, shoehorn everybody into the same park run so it's nice that that can happen 
and it's the opportunity to share lifts, car share as well. People, you know, maybe husband's using the car or me maybe a hangover and can't drive the next morning. Um, we can sort out car sharing. So yeah. um, it is good that there's that communication that we all know yeah. where we're going. Um, yeah, well, it was great. It was great to see you getting that milestone. We were obviously volunteering that yes. day th- with the podcast. So it was nice to celebrate your 100th and Craig Lawton's 65th birthday the same day. That was <laughs> <laughs> always, always a joy. He'll be, he'll be driving somewhere down some M something when he hears that. <laughs> and I'm delighted. So, Craig, I hope you're raging. Thanks for that. <laughs> On to sort of current running then, uh, you're training for, we're both doing London, we're both doing London in April. Well, I hope I'm doing London, the, the good for age hasn't actually opened, I think it's the end of September now, it's been put back and put back. Why is that? I don't know, because last year the good for age found out on the same day as the uh, the big ballot, whereas I did the ballot much earlier this year, it's mm-hmm. normally around about October that everybody hears, um, but been different this year anyway the hotel's booked and And you've got a buffer you've got a nice buffer between your good forage time and and what the cutoff is yes yes because i did have an amazing run at london yeah tell me about it because that was only last year so tell me about that experience it was an amazing experience in the sense of just going to London with my husband and the kids as well. We've never been even been to London together. So yeah. to get that, um, obviously I'd got it for my good for age and then I thought I'm determined I want a, a PB at this. This is the you know the biggest. What was the PB at that time going in? A PB was 341 um, okay. that got me there. So I thought go for three under 340 then, adjusted it to 335 and then I went, I thought 330. Then you just go for the 330. Yeah. So I trained the hardest I've ever for that one. I did go up to six times a week training. I watched it. I ran with you, obviously, a lot through that spell, getting ready for my first one, and your consistency was impressive. Yeah, I did really strict stick to this plan. I kind of fall an app, however, just because I'm a qualified coach uh, with Scottish Athletics, I've got the knowledge to be able to adapt to suit. So within the, the app that I use, just keeps me on track for, you know, maybe how quick I'm up in the distance for the long runs but I kind of stick with what's planned for me it's in a Monday night session which is a speed session which Simon that coaches us for it gets a wealth experience and knowledge so he does 1k reps 800 meter reps whatever it is he's doing no matter what it's going to benefit me and it's going to be for my marathon training I could go and follow a plan where it says oh that week I to do 1k reps and that's not what he had planned yeah. I know if I went and did day 1k reps myself, there's no way I'm putting the same effort yeah. into them than what if he's got 800 metres because it does absolutely push you to the stage where he'll tell you, yeah. no, if you're no sick, you're not trying hard enough. And so do the other people there because there's there's mm-hmm. enough people. And so Monday night for people that, that are, are thinking, maybe from the club and listen to this and have never been or thinking about joining, Monday is a as a speed session, interval session, and they are the ones that you're very unlikely to do yourself, especially as a intermediate novice type runner. But chasing other people made such a difference to me there. Like I'm, I'm now running side by side with people that when I first started, I was just seeing their heel and their, their heels and their bum for like months trying to catch them. But that's what pulls you on, undoubtedly. Yeah. And what what's lovely, I think, about a Monday night session is the, the people that go to it, it's welcome, you know, everybody in New York Runners is welcome to it, but the people that generally regularly turn up um, come from Canvas Lang Harriers, New Road Runners and Calder Glen Harriers. So it's a right mixture of clubs. Yeah. Simon puts on, it's not just for Newton Road Runners or just for Canvas Lang Harriers. It is a total mixture, which I think is 
it's really good that we get to share experiences and you know work with, yeah. with people from other clubs. So I do. I, I and love Simon's that there, we whistle. It's like watching Kez, the film Kez. He's just there, big grumpy, shouting at you, whistle. It's like a throwback to the eighties, but that's exactly what you need when you're feeling like stopping, isn't it? He'll, yeah. he'll give you a bit of abuse on every loop. I think the line I regularly hear is "suck it up." <laughs> exactly. It's like I never even said anything. He's like, "I can see your face." <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I <laughs> know uh, it's great. They're great sessions. So London, that that experience, I saw a couple of pictures of you at the expo and stuff. But this is where you're a nightmare for oh. you don't you don't share a lot on there. I looked and you've got like one London picture, and it's from the expo. <laughs> But I've spoken to you. Tell uh-huh. me about the. I, I will maybe, say I'm a bigger. Maybe, face, I'm a bigger Facebook person, so I do I put a lot right. more. So that's great if your gran happens to be looking for what the, <laughs> what you're doing in your running, Joanne. Right, but if anybody <laughs> under Craig Lawton's age is looking, Insta's where it's at. So tell me about the experience between Expo and Run, like just yeah. atmosphere and stuff. So I arrived on Friday night, got up early to go to the Expo on Saturday. I was fortunate enough; there was quite a few of us from the club, so. One of the girls, Karen, that goes on a Monday night, um, met her and Craig Lawton, who is my regular training partner. We met and went to the expo, had a great experience, obviously, just for like a kid in a sweetie shop, you know, just want to buy all the stuff, pictures, I got my UFOs, I got the two quarter zips, I got the t-shirt, you know, everything that was going, because I, I thought, I might never do this again. It was honestly the ultimate experience. Um, we went really early, so it was busy, but not hectically busy so I would yeah. totally recommend that I mean obviously it's open from I think the Thursday or something if you're down you're fortunate enough um, to get down obviously the day is probably even better but restricted teacher times yeah my plan um, is to go on the Friday this year yeah so we went the Friday night and then went the Saturday morning to that and it was absolutely perfect Um, and then went into the town and during the day and I'm like trying what is sight see however I can do lots of steps try to rest also I'm not want to waste it for the kids because they don't want to see everything so come up with the best idea we went on the, the river taxi thing yeah so I could plank my backside down and we could see all the sights the London Eye right, Big down, ben, the right down the Thames and I was also super nosy to see where the start was because I was staying in Victoria so I was staying near the finish um, so we got off down at where the, the London Marathon starts, which is Greenwich. Um, got off the, the boat there, had a wee wander. What a beautiful week in a village. Reminded me a bit kind of West End of Glasgow sort of thing. Had a nice wee wander, got to see sights there. So where the start line it was going to be. So that was good. And then we just jumped in the, the train back and then had a lovely meal with a couple of Newton Roadrunners, which was brilliant. Um, we'd already booked that, me, Ross and Craig and the partners. Um, and the kids and then we had a dinner then walked down to the finish line just to burn off a wee bit of the pasta get pictures at Buckingham Palace so you know the, the big uh, finish so that just filled me with total excitement yeah so the, the, the prep and everything you know had just went ate drank as much as I possibly could to give me the best chance um, got up nice and early went and met Craig for the start people say they'd like to be near the start to walk I absolutely loved where I stayed um, and I had to commute to the start because see that train journey, listening to everybody, listening so to stories, everybody's the same. Ended up met this guy, so I walked up with this other guy because me and him were on the same start. We ended up we were on the same bus lorry. I got in Strava. He got his sub four hours that he wanted. Yeah. Um, it was brilliant, and everyone's just so happy. The organisation is unreal. Portaloo queues, no bother. You're, there's that many of them. Yeah, everybody's so friendly happy all the volunteers um oh, thought, just a well-oiled machine 
Uh huh. I was just absolutely loving it. Just waiting for my my wave to start, and even the wave to start, it's like you're getting walked up. It honestly, it's a dead surreal feeling. Yeah. Were you nervous? Did you have that like sort of nervous buzz? I had totally excited, nervous. I was like, "Come on, I'm ready ah, see, for that's this." Good. Uh-huh. I'd be a bit worried that I get amped up to the point where you're burning, like emotionally burning through energy. Do you know what I mean? Uh huh. No, I totally wasn't. I was like smiling, talking. What time are you going for it? Well, when did you get to get? You know, just honestly, other people were maybe not quite me. They were kind of maybe quiet and give me one more dancers, but I was just like so excited. I thought I'm soaking this up. No matter what happens today, I'm enjoying this. Set off. First mile, I get to do 750, 755 was my um, mile. I think my first one was like 719 or something. Caught up in excitement. Reined it back a bit, but what I did thought, see that first mile? I knew I was doing that that day. I knew yeah. I, I was getting my time. That 719, I think it was, felt like a nine minute mile. Yeah. I honestly, it was like. Just had that feeling like I'm on this. That's the work as well, though. That can only come through the confidence and the work that you've done. Absolutely. And then I just got to maybe through mile 20, 21, that, where somebody in the train that I was talking to had said, and she did it the previous year, that's the bit, the Canary Wharf, that's the bit she hated, um, all that. So I built myself up that this bit's going to be bad. I loved it. That's where all the run crews, so I had uh-huh. Beth and Taylor train on and also the Emancipated Run Crew, that's where all their crews go for, for like pure carnival atmosphere for uh-huh. their clubs. There was not, so... I'd learned my lesson for Sterling not to have earphones, so I would never do a marathon without having earphones. However, I did not hear one song that full yeah. marathon. The support never ended. And I'd watched YouTube you know, clips galore of people doing London Marathon and thought, there must be the odd wee pocket. There might be the odd wee pocket of quietness. Absolutely not. No. It was amazing. So good. It's going to be a big difference for me coming from Edinburgh where the support was brilliant, but in sections. And then... Uh-huh then you get those dead zones and they can be like miles long uh-huh. and that can be very very hard to tune and tune back out because then actually coming back up edinburgh you were there you were running the half big group yep. of of newton people running the half but i actually was so locked into music at that point because i'd been running myself for like a good 20 30 minutes mm-hmm. that i was nearly by everybody by the time i clocked that you're sure i was gone by that point and you could yeah. So you're dipping in, dipping out. I found that quite a struggle. So I'm hoping, I think my plan is to have headphones, but not particularly. Uh-huh. I'm hoping I don't need to use them. I know, it's handy just to have them. I mean, again, when I do London this year, I'll still put them on because that's just part of my my, kind of attire, my, my attire now. So I would never go without them for such a long race, just in case I do hit some rocky bottom yeah. you know, pit that I feel I, I need to get myself out of this. The one thing I would say, how busy it was when you were running, particularly the wave I was in, um, you to always watch your foot and that you weren't clipping them these heels. Yeah, I was going to ask actually, about that. But do you know what? That's what I think made the miles pass because you were concentrating. You know, I wasn't concentrating and looking at my pace, my watch or anything like that. I was concentrating my foot and seeing people, you know, and you obviously, I had support there, my husband, the kids, Craig, Lawton's wife. You know, there was people I knew were going to be there. I saw my husband when I was by him at one point, he's seen me three times, but it's that busy yeah. um, and overwhelming that you don't actually see because the support is like five deep. Is it that kind of concentration and switched on thing for the whole time? Or like, were you, are you still, are you halfway through that and still like in, in danger of running up people's heels or does it ever open out? 
no I felt because you're the... running quick like you're uh-huh. obviously running mm-hmm. a, a, a quick time so you would be in the top certainly probably 20% 10% for females running uh-huh. I would say that it was pretty tight for the, the majority of it maybe just maybe back from about mile 20 probably was a wee bit broader and then yeah, the last that's bit, a long way uh-huh the, the the kind of bit at the end where it's Big Ben and London Eye as much as I would love to say these sites were great at the end Never even noticed them. You're, you're, at you're your exhausted, feet. too busy. You've got one thing, and, and I think it was at mile. Um, I struggled from mile twenty-three. My bib had became. I was. It was hanging on with one um, pin because the rain had been so heavy. Yeah. So I stopped and pinned that back on. Walked for ten seconds. Loved the walk. Right at mile twenty-three. Very very short. And I promised myself, seat mile twenty-four, you can have ten steps. Seat mile 25, you can have 10 steps. Yeah. And that was what, this is how I got myself through those last few miles. Um, and Joanna Wallace, um, one of our training partners for the club, mile 25, up me in the back. They say, keep going. And I was like, that was, I was allowed this 10 things. Well, I know, you're like, I planned this. Uh-huh. But it was, it was exceptional. They, they are the stories you tell yourself, though, aren't they, when you're going through? I got there in Edinburgh, I'm like, because oh, everything's through your head from DNF into just run like even if you mm-hmm. pass out keep running but if you do this you can do that if you do this you allow yourself that you just start making me deals with yourself whatever it takes 100 percent. that's exactly what i was doing and i do you know think i also knew i was well within the time that i wanted but don't get me wrong everything about timing does go a bit out the window near that end yeah. of the marathon it's just about getting to the end but you also don't want to give up the time that you've earned if that makes sense like you know uh-huh. i I was in. I was still on for my beagle, the same. But mm-hmm. I knew actually, okay, if you take another stop to walk at all, or stop at a drink stop, even for ten seconds, you're going to put yourself in danger of giving up the yeah. beagle, and that's. But yeah. it's so appealing, especially once you've walked a few mm-hmm. steps. Once it's like, oh, I could do that again because that was that felt that great. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's so nice. Absolutely, um, but anyway, I did get the eagle, so I got my three hours twenty eight. Um, yeah, I got. So I was delighted. That, that I, I did struggle after I finished because it got so wet. Um, body did get a bit of shock. Managed to get my bag. Phone to Jenna, um, as we do. I mean, her, this thing with marathons, we always phone each other after it, or, or if we're not already at the marathon, to see each other. Um, I was crying. I was overcame my emotion. Everything was hurting. I was delighted. Didn't know where to go. Couldn't, didn't know where uh, my husband was. But to meet at um, for Monday, because the people that were doing London Marathon were people that I go to a Monday night session. So we were going to yeah. meet at a later M. I couldn't have told you what later M was, no. where it was. So all I, all I did was keep walking up to Trafalgar Square, saw a seat outside Cafe Nero and sat and chattered away to my husband found me. And by that time, my lips were blue. I was really, really struggling. Oh, you just hit your limit. Uh-huh. Um, he got me a coffee. He also had my electrolyte that he was meant to give me during the marathon, which obviously never couldn't get to me because it was yeah. so busy. So I drank that, drank a coffee, and I was absolutely fine. My daughter helped me peel the, the soaking wet face, get something dry and warm on, and then that, that was me. I was happy as. Before we move off London, we are both doing it this year. Expectations going in for you? What's... What... Um, are you, I know what you're, how you're wired, but is it like to better it again? Is it to, to do it differently? No, I think I would probably do exactly the same. I don't know if I could be shelling any more minutes off. I think I've maybe kind of peaked at time. As far as, I know you could, but I'm not willing to completely change my life to become no. literally 
I, you know, I like my wee Prosecco, I like my wee Chinese. I will train really hard for that pocket of time and, you know, go and give it a real good go. Um, if I get another wee minute off, I would be absolutely delighted. But the main aim is to just go and enjoy it. With Again, there's quite a lot for the club doing it, which is so exciting. Yeah, that's great. Um, so go and enjoy it with them. And it might be different weather. I mean, we had it torrential rain, literally the whole thing. There's been times when it's exceptionally hot, so you just need to wait on the day. Yeah. I, li- I like that, though. I like the, the bit up front of saying, not that you've peaked, because, you, well, you might have, you might not have, whoever knows until you, you keep going. But inside, I'm thinking probably you've not, because I know what you're like. But also, you're absolutely right. To kick on to another proper level, you need to change something in your training. So as long as your expectations meet your training and say, well, this is what I'm happy training, so this is what I'm happy doing, you're going to have a great time either way, as long as you can keep that perspective. Yeah. And, do you know, I wasn't, like, because I did London and I'm very much, like, I think everybody should get a wee shot of doing London. And I do feel maybe a wee bit, kind of, should I be getting another place? Wish I could give it to somebody that would love that place as well. Mm-hmm. Um, for ages different, though, Joanne. I know. Like, that's, there's, that's earned, so... But I also hate myself. I would get major FOMO and because so many from yeah. the club are going, I want to be there to help them, guide them and be part of that that exciting group. Also, at this point, you need to, you won't do this, but I'll say it for you. Think about what you give back to that running community, your own running community, but more generally. If anybody's earned these types of opportunities, it's the people that give up their time at grassroots level for absolutely zero reward other than to do it. So mm-hmm. it's like, there's nobody could ever begrudge. It's easy to begrudge people a place when you're not getting yours, but you can't begrudge people that are giving up so much on a regular basis. So no, you take it, you run with it, and you, you enjoy every minute. Brings us on to what I suppose we wanted to line up the episode for. Newton Roadrunners put on a 10k road race. Has that been every year? Since when? Tell me about the history of the race, because I only know of the last one, because I did it. Okay, so we talked about doing our own race years gone past that we would, you know, and we did do it when Jenna was president. We had, we did it for a charity, um, just by stopwatch many years ago. That was even actually, we were still UK run chat. We weren't even Newton Roadrunners then. Um, but it was still, still a fun um, event. It was literally just people in the club and a few people in the local community. It wasn't a big competitive race. It was something we talked about um, over the course of, you know, the last few years. And then it kind of really decided to, to do one because unfortunately we lost um, one of our members back August 2021, Kat Gaskell. She um, she'd only been with us roughly about six months in the club, but within that six months, she was a very big part of our club. Um, yep. This is at a time when we were doing all virtual kind of races. She, we would go and do the 3K virtual, 3K in the green. We would do that because you could do that at any time. Obviously, Friday afternoon doesn't suit any of us most yeah. of the time. So it was good that we could actually be part of this because it was a virtual. So can't get involved in that. She also was um, raising money for, it was actually Macmillan Cancer. And it was because a friend of hers had breast cancer and she was raising funds for that. So she had decided to do this challenge where it was a half marathon and then a cycle. And I did half of the half marathon with her till she met up with her dad who then cycled the other half to keep her going um, and then she was going to be doing London in the October but unfortunately she took her own life in the August which was an absolute shock Kat again the way I talked about Jenna having this infectious personality so did Kat, uh, Kat. she had such a big beaming smile lovely lovely girl she was a GP doctor so having one of them in the team is definitely um, yeah. something that 
we all loved remember messenger because i stood in nail doing the garden <laughs> uh, what advice did, did i need to go and get a tetanus jag all that kind of stuff so it was great yeah, having... that's your best chance of getting a gp appointment these days absolutely so it was having this friend that, that had that knowledge and she was just just a lovely lovely girl and then it was a sunday I remember it so clearly i was up east Cobride shopping and We've got a group chat um, for the running club and somebody put on, then you saw this and it was a picture on social media that Kat Gaskell had gone missing. Again, still very much, you see a lot of these missing you yeah. know, posts and the next thing they've been found, they're home. So I didn't actually feel exceptionally worried. And then as time kind of passed, the, the search was kind of called off that night and to um, start again the next day. And in the Monday, she was she was found, unfortunately, um, and she she'd passed away. So yeah. we were devastated that the, because it was during COVID. When I spoke about having this group A, B, and C, Cat was um, in the group A, so not everybody knew Cat very well because we were still in kind of COVID waves. Yeah, we so were... there hadn't been as much face to face. Yeah, but what happened, I think, with that was with having this smaller group. We actually all became even closer. So she was. I... She was also known. I'm just going to step in, give you a different perspective here, because I ran the race, the Newton race. I'd been kind of a wee bit in the wilderness with my running. Did that 10k. I did that bottle 5k. Met the Newton people and said, "Right, I'm going to do this. The Newton 10k. See if I can get my finger out, build these distances up." And I turned up on the day and I knew a few people. I knew Natalie. Some of your newest members at that time, actually, Natalie Thomas, had met through park run so people that i'd known that probably gave me the kick in the bum to go i'm like they're new this might be a good time for me to join because there's clearly some new people that I would start at the same time so i came to the race and you spoke on that day and that was a difficult thing i could see if you didn't need to know you particularly well to know how emotional how emotionally challenging that was but it was keenly felt by you could see how keenly it was felt by people involved in the club and i think there's that almost family type atmosphere in Newton Road Runners where deeply affected people. It's the strength of the club but also carries a real probably weight for the likes of yourself that were close. But I met uh what's Katrina Nisbet, who's also a GP. Katrina runs with a different running club and I met her walking up. I'd met her at Park Run a few times and she didn't know Kat particularly well. But see, like you're saying there, even the people that didn't know her particularly well knew of the personality, knew of what she was like, and she spoke so glowingly of her, and she turned up at the race for that. So I, I could tell just in how much regard she was held in. And you've put that race on, and I know that you did things at the club to address maybe some of those core issues in and around mental health. Can you talk a wee bit about that? Yeah, obviously this totally shocked us all, and the first thing when something like this happened, what could we have done? Could we have changed it where there's signs and uh -huh, yeah things and, things you naturally ask yourself absolutely so and we don't know if we ever could but anyway what we, we thought was what's a way that we could try and you know help the club for anything like this that might happen in the future so we all the coaches went on a mental health first aid course which was really really good really insight to all the different um mental health things that you can come, come against i didn't realize you know how many different avenues that there is yeah. from it and um, so it did give us all maybe a wee bit more confidence and maybe just we sometimes just don't want to invade in people's privacy if they're not managing to get to the club you're thinking or oh, they must be just busy send them a wee message you know yeah. there could be more going on or when you're running sometimes the running that you, you tell somebody that you're running with more information than you would tell sometimes your husband or your wife yeah and um, because just at that moment it all comes out 
So just be that open person that you know you can chat. Um, so we all get good training for that, and I think we feel a bit maybe a bit more confident, you know, that yeah. we can support people. And then we wanted to raise money, but also we've got a relationship with Kat's family, our mum and dad and our two sisters. Um, and when we did the race the first year, which was the November, just after, I think we went to October that year, just after Kat had, had passed away. And we just did it. It wasn't um, a proper timed event. It was just a stopwatch. And we were absolutely over the moon of the, the support that from the running community called the Glen Harriers, Canvas Lang Harriers, all showing their support. Yeah, for us. it's so, a tight knit community. People rally around, and and you've done a great job as a club in creating a fostering an atmosphere where people celebrate your wins with you, but they'll also go through some of those rough and tumble moments that people have in their life. Absolutely. So they just all turn like that. We just pay ten pound on the day. We donated the whole lot of money to the mental health charity that Kat's family had wanted. We did. We also sent some to. Uh, Macmillan because we felt we wanted to pick up where Kat never managed to maybe finish our, our fundraising that she had started um, and then we realised that you know it was something that is for something that was so sad and tragic there can be goodness brought from this that yeah. bringing all these running communities together highlighting men- mental health and just having an actual real social day so th- we know there's race calendars jam-packed there's loads yeah. of races right I want to say that ours has just got that wee bit difference because we have it at Saturday at midday, which is completely different. And the reason we do that is because we still want our people to do their park run volunteering and yeah. their park run running that they always do. We don't want to make have, put people in the position where they have to make that choice. We also want to have it then because it's, races are always Sunday. Most people work Monday to Friday. And the Saturday afternoon, we all go to our Newton Arms and we held a big raffle and running's more than just the actual physical act of running. It's about that socialising, bringing people together, share their stories about cat, share their stories about their ex- own experiences, whether it be running, whether it be things about the kids, whatever their worries, but just for it to be this big event that's not just about, oh, yeah, go and give it your best shot, get a PB, that's brilliant, but it's more than just about your PB, it's more than just a trophy to win. It's about bringing that, all these running communities and all these people together. Amazing. And so there you go, people. Joanne not only plans her own running around the hangover, <laughs> she plans your races for you around your future hangover you didn't know you were going to have. So, yeah, I put actually a wee reel together to share the other night from one of our club runs to say the three reasons you should join the race. And the third one was the Newton Arms because I knew it would feature. I don't even drink anymore, but I still know that's a, a major draw of the race. But part of today's episode is to help get that word out. So if you're on the fence, now there's things going on in the running community and around that week. Glen Ogle is the week before, so I know a lot of the podcast community are doing that. There's like a sizable number, ultra. But this is, I suppose, what I want to get out there. If you can make that next week, it doesn't need to be a PB race for you. Go and make it a social event, get together. If you can't run it, if your legs are fried... I'm sure all the volunteers in the world will be help uh, will be useful to us and make let as many of the club people run as possible. The other good thing was we're quite well known for is we we give good prizes like uh, well not prizes um, goodies at the end of our race. So last year we I think we were one of the first races that gave out a nice bobble hat. Everybody yeah. got a bobble hat that completed. Well this year we are giving out um, the fancy socks. Um, the yellow um, and black Newton order colours, but it's the, the shoe. Yeah, the, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, shoe, socks, um, and everybody that's 
runners and into all the um, their gear will know that these are a fantastic thing to get as a goodie. And I think Lola Lemon are chucking a couple of prizes in as well. I, I spoke oh, to them big. about that. So, well, we are, that's one thing. We, we hold a big raffle up the Newton Arms afterwards, and the prizes we get um, donated last year pizza ovens and massages. Yeah. You know, we're really overwhelmed. We just need the same again this year. I need to do my. I need to hurry up and get my raffle for London done before that raffle happens. I'm. You're going to steal my thunder. <laughs> Can't have you coming in and one upping me. I'm hoping to get my London fundraising done before any of that kicks um, off. It's quite apt this year that actually the date that it falls on is Remembrance Day. So there's something yeah. quite, quite um, nice about that that it's fallen on because um, it is all about remembering Cat and obviously bringing a community together. But yeah, it's on Remembrance Day. Yeah, so so folks, if you can get there, please step up, do it, spread the word, share the message, even if you can't make it on the day, get it into sort of your clubs, your groups, because the more the merrier, and it's the, the, the proceeds of it, anything raised, charity-wise, the raffle, it's, it's not just a financial thing, it's the best legacy and memory that you can give to somebody who made a big impact in the club in a short amount of time. Joanne is a listener, you know what we finish the show with. We've got the quick fire questions and then I'm going to get from you your track for the Press Play and Run playlist on Spotify. You've had more time than most to think about these because you've been listening to the pod I hear you're rocking up and you've actually got me in your ears when you rock up to a lot of our sessions. So I'm expecting some some high quality answers for you. On your marks, get set, go! Favourite running shoe of all time? Vaporfly Snake. Favourite training route? Um, definitely Clyde Pass, marathon laps. Done it often enough. Proudest running moment? Um, oh, so hard. I would probably say Edinburgh Marathon 2018 when I got 3.49. Favourite podcast? Um, I've got to say Press Play Running because it's the only mm. one I listen to. Oh, okay. I was going to say you're not allowed it, but if it's the only one you listen to, you can have it. Worst race or running experience? It would probably be the Great North Run a couple of years ago. Absolutely hated it. Um, died a death. Don't know. That was just my worst experience. It's on today as we record. I so know. Quite we'll see how, actually. We'll see um, how they got on. So much so that I have no, I, I would never want to get back into it. However, it was an alternative route the year that I did it. It yeah. was just running along a motorway. Hated it. I've never actually gone in the ballot. It's not one that holds much interest. I don't know why. It's just never really appealed. Um, go to pre long run meal. Um, definitely pasta. If you could run alongside yourself as a beginner runner, what advice would you give to yourself? Slow down. See if you can't talk, you're running too fast. You'll get faster, but just slow down. Do it at easier pace. One inspirational Instagram profile you never skip by, or Facebook if you prefer. Um, it's easy. Ellis McCogan. Absolutely love her. Um, and I've met her in person, and she's lovely so so nice and takes the time to chat to you so i met at the scottish athletics awards last year yeah. um me and beth were, were a wee bit like school girls a bit giddy. Bit, yeah fine girl um, up, up getting a picture whatever but she was so lovely so chatty um but i love her instagram because she tells you all the things you want to know out with just about pace and running she t- shows you into um the living quarters when you go to the european championships yeah. and all the different outfits you got to race in and so i love hearing all that gossip as well well next time you speak to your pal see if you can get her to come on right <laughs> alaska <laughs> run with or without music know the answer to this one i'd definitely say within a, a long run um run myself but 
I love running with people and chatting. So probably 50-50. But if I was racing, because I'm not going to be chatting with people, I sh shouldn't be chatting because I should be using all my energy for running. I would have earphones. Favourite park run? Uh, oh, this is so hard. I probably... Oh, I feel like you're 50-50 here. I'm going to say Strathclyde. Strathclyde because it's my PB1. Um, it'd be so friendly. But I do love Toll Cross. I do. Yeah. The, the club has a quite a special relationship with Toll Cross as well. Yeah. But it's, yeah. hard to, it's hard to love it. It's like a child. You know you should love it, but sometimes it can be challenging, like yeah. those hills. Finish this sentence. I press play and run because... I enjoy running and I love getting faster and achieving things and making amazing friends through it. Good enough reasons. Final order of business. You know how tragically bad our running playlist is and how hard I'm working to try and restore some credibility to it. So I've got high hopes for you here, Joanne. What track are you going to give us that wouldn't normally come out of your running rotation? Okay, 100% this is um, a classic. Uh, TTF, the time frequency, keep holding on. This is the kind of bammy tunes I was expecting from the beginning. TTF. TTF. Keep holding on. When you've got lyrics like um, blood pumping, was it blood pumping, nothing's going to um, hold me down, all that kind of stuff. Um, it just makes you, see for a race, it totally makes you, the pain, hope the pain is worth it, is one of the yeah. lines that lyrics yeah. in it. So, yeah. When you're, ha when you're having those conversations about should I walk or run, they're the kind of tunes that can uh -huh. help just keep you going for another yep. K, another K, another K. Absolutely. Joanne, you've been brilliant. You've been so open. I appreciate you speaking as well about probably a, one of the toughest moments that the club will have had and you personally will have had in, as, as club president, but there's learning in it for everybody and I think we need to be open enough to talk about them. So I appreciate you sharing your story with us. And I can't wait to spend some more time with you over the next kind of coming weeks and months and getting to London together and see what we can do. Perfect. Can't wait either. Great. Thanks so much, Ryan, for having me on and getting the chance to, to talk about the cat race and yeah. about, the, about the club. And we'll share that link. We'll get we'll get that link out there again with the episode. We'll get it shared through our club page and, and through the podcast page and just keep pushing, pushing to try and get as many people there to celebrate Cat's life and celebrate with us on that day. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Right. Bye. Thank you to you, the listeners, for joining us for another episode of the Press Play and Run podcast. You can really help to support the podcast by subscribing or following on your podcast platform of choice and by leaving a review. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Press Play and Run Podcast and to add the Press Play and Run playlist on Spotify. We'll be back every two weeks with new episodes and please be sure to keep an eye on our Instagram page to find out which guests will be joining us. Until then, keep getting the trainers on, press play and run.